Welcome to Grave Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Donna. And we're two friends who share a fascination and intrigue of grave tales. Each episode is our unique look into grave history by exploring, researching, and giving you our take on these mysteries, tragedies, murders, and so much more. This is Grave Podcast. Hello again, my dear. Hi, how are you? Oh, I probably would be better if I didn't know you were going to fill my ears with something awful. Well, you know, we are at day four of the grave tales of Christmas murders. Yeah, I know. All days of Christmas murders. I know. It's like a really bad advent calendar. I mean, I agree with you. Sort of like that wine advent calendar I had last year. It was really bad. So, Oh, I remember that. Yeah, that was bad, too. Yeah. So, I mean, this might be like, a little worse than that, but. I, well, I mean, bad wine is always better than, like, you know, serial murderers. So Yeah, yeah I mean, true, true. I'd, true. Ra- I'd rather have bad wine than, you know, like Jeffrey Dahmer sitting in my living room. Just saying. Uh, true. I, I agree with that. Uh, like, give me a bottle of Boone's Farm before you give me um, <laughs> Boone's Jeff- Farm. <laughs> give me, give me a bottle of Boone's Farm before you give me Jeffrey Dahmer sitting in my living room. Oh yeah, no. I'm just saying. Yeah. Like, I have a hard time getting through him watching him on TV. Let oh, it, being in the same mm-hmm. room. Oh, the people that survived. I feel really bad for those people. I really do because. How how do you how do you how do you continue to be a person? Go through life. Ugh, it's just awful. So this, on day four, I'm going to take you back a little bit further, almost 100 years. Oh, it's an old-timey one. It is. I'm going to tell you about Charles Davis Lawson. He was an American tobacco farmer. He was from Stokes County, North Carolina. And he is known for having committed one of the most notorious mass murders in the state's history, which happened on Christmas Day in 1929. Okay. Wow. All right. That 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 this sounds very cheery. Yeah, it's it's a all oh, good tidings and stuff, right? I'm decking the halls and making the figgy pudding as we speak. Opposite of that. Opposite of that. It is opposite. I would I would deck the fuck out of the halls in the other direction. Yeah, you you would duck the heck out of here rather than the halls, come this story. Okay, so a little background. Charlie Lawson's parents, Augustus and Nancy, lived in the unincorporated community known as Lawsonville, located 10 miles from Danbury, um, the Stokes County seat. He was born there, and in 1911, he married Fanny Manring. Fanny. I love that. They had... Eight children, but the third, William, born in 1914, died of an illness in 1920. This is, he's six years old and he died. It's just so sad. Oh, that's sad. That's so sad. Oh God, that's so sad. It is so sad. So in 1918, following the move of his younger brothers, Marion and Elijah, to the Germantown area, Lawson followed suit with his family. 
The Lawsons worked as sharecroppers, saving enough money by 1927 to buy their own farm on Brook Cove Road. All right. Okay. So in 1929, shortly before Christmas, Charlie Lawson took his family, his 37-year-old wife, Fanny, and their children, Arthur, who was 16, Marie, 17, Carrie was 12, Maybell, 7, James was 4, Raymond was 2, and Mary Lou was 4 months. So he took them all into town to buy new clothes and to have a family portrait taken. Mm-hmm. So since they were far from being wealthy, this seemed very unusual. The new clothes ultimately became burial outfits. Oh, no. On that day, he began the slaughter with his daughters, Carrie and Maybell, who were setting out to their uncle and aunt's house. Lawson waited for them by the tobacco barn. When they were in range, he shot them with a shotgun, then ensured that they were dead by bludgeoning them. He he then placed their bodies in the tobacco barn. Wow. It's deep. Talk about, talk about overkill, like bludgeon. And then we, uh, for good measure, we're going to shoot. Ooh. After he was done with that, he returned to the house and he shot Fanny who was sitting on the porch. As soon as the gun was fired, Marie, who was inside, screamed while the two small boys, James and Raymond, attempted to find a hiding place. Lawson shot Marie and then found and shot the two boys. Lastly, he killed the baby, Mary Lou, at four months old. It is thought that she was bludgeoned to death. Oh, my God. That, that's just fucking horrific. After the murders, he went into the nearby woods, and a few hours later, he shot himself. Uh, well, bye. Good riddance. The only, the only survivor was his eldest son, 16-year-old Arthur, whom he had sent on an errand just before he started his deadly work. The bodies of the family members were found with their arms crossed and rocks under their heads. The shotgun signaling Charlie Lawson's own suicide was heard by many people who learned of the gruesome event on the property and had already gathered there. A police officer who was with Charlie Lawson ran down and found Charlie dead and letters to his parents. As footprints encircled the tree, it was supposed that he had been pacing around the tree prior to taking his life. Wow. Imagine being the imagine being his the only surviving child. Imagine that survivor's guilt. Oh gosh, I mean, walking into it, and oh, it's just everything is bad. everything is bad and wrong. Yeah, find like yeah, finding it like and just finding it and just being like the only one left. Like wa- like walking into like seeing what has happened to your family. I just I can't even wrap my mind around it. So. <clears throat> Let's talk about the rumors now. So there are rumors as to why Charlie Lawson would take the lives of himself or his family. And it was speculated that Charlie did not murder his family at all. And it was staged to look as though Charlie had committed the crimes. Okay. One of these explanations was that Charlie had witnessed an organized crime incident and had been found out and he and his family were murdered for it. Another involves a black man Charlie had started a fight with. 
Neither of these rumors seemed plausible or could fit with all the facts. All the signs obviously pointed to a murder-suicide. So there's an incest theory. It was not until the book White Christmas, Bloody Christmas was published in 1990 that a strong claim surfaced. On interviewing many people regarding the Lawson family murder, the book's authors, M. Bruce Jones and Trudy J. Smith, found that several people recounted rumors and stories regarding Charlie, Marie, and incest. In 1989, the authors had received a call from an anonymous woman. She said she had gone on a tour of the Lawson home shortly after the murders and that the tour guide had told him about the incest rumor, which he stated as fact. The day before the book was to be published, the authors received a phone call from Stella Lawson, daughter of Marion Lawson and cousin to the Lawson children, who had already been interviewed uh, for the book. On this occasion, she told them she knew the truth as to why Charlie did it. Stella said that at the funeral for the Lawsons, she had overheard Fanny's sister-in-laws and aunts, including Stella's mother, Jetty Lawson, discussing how Fanny Lawson had confided in them that she had been concerned about Charlie and Marie. Jetty died in early 1928, meaning Fanny had been suspicious of the incest at least that long before the murders in late 1929. Even more evidence was revealed in, um, quote, the meaning of our tears, end quote. Maybe the most convincing evidence yet came from a close friend of Marie Lawson's, Ella May. She claimed that just weeks before the Christmas, Marie told her that she was pregnant and that it was Charlie's. Ella May also said that Charlie and Fanny knew about this. Hill Hampton, another close friend and neighbor to the Lawson's family, was interviewed, and he said that he knew of a serious problem going on within the family, and he knew the nature of the problem, but that it was personal, and he chose not to reveal what that was. So in the aftermath, shortly after the murders, Charlie's brother, Marion Lawson, opened the home on Brook Cove Road as a tourist attraction. A cake that Marie Lawson had baked on Christmas Day was displayed on the tour because visitors began to pick at the raisins on the cake as to the souvenirs. It was placed in a covered glass cake dish, thus preserved for many years. Among the many remembrances of the event is a folk song entitled The Murder of the Lawson Family. This song was recorded by the Stanley Brothers in March 1956, released by Columbia Records on the CD an evening long ago in 2004. Uh, There's a lot to unpack with all that. Well, that's good. Start unpacking because I'm done with this grave tale. My thing is, is like, um, I tend to think that I'm a normal, rational thinking and believing human being. I don't know why you would want a uh, murder raisin. Well, they they basically, he opened up the house to get money, basically made it a tour, tourist attraction. And one of the items was the last cake that was baked by said person. But people were picking raisins out of it to keep as a souvenir from touring the house. So they had to 
put a dome, glass dome over the top of it so no one could actually physically touch the cake and take anything off of it. I, I don't know why you would want that. I, I mean, there are there are a lot of things in life that I want, and don't get me wrong, like I love the spooky shit. I, I, I would love, like, you know someone to hand me and be like, this is haunted. Take it home with me. I would totally do it. <laughs> I know where this is going. I know where this is going. <laughs> um, But like uh, a raisin from a murder cake, mm, probably not so much. Just saying. Souvenir from somebody who was from a cake that was made by somebody, you know, right. No, 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 no. No, Dahmer's house when they did when they demolished Dahmer's house, da- people like lined up to get bricks from the house, just to say they had a brick from Dahmer's house. I'm like, why? Why? Why do you want that? What do you want that? What? What? Why do you want that? What are you going to do with it? I, I mean, you know, I, I can, I can only think that maybe resale is on people's minds. I mean, why else? I mean. I I'm clueless. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't either. Oh well, well that ends. That ends day four, and we will we will see you back here tomorrow with bushy tail and all prepared for day five of twelve days of murders. Oh, she's got so much written, and I'm so scared. Uh. <laughs> Honey, go have a cocktail, and I'll meet you back here tomorrow. Back tomorrow. Hey. Bye. Bye.